0: Hello and welcome to the Who's he Podcast. In an occasional series, we're going to be talking about those people who have been lucky enough to travel with the Doctor over the last 50 or so years. Yes, the companions. Those people who have stepped through the doors of the TARDIS and been shown the wonders and the dangers of the universe and travelling through time and space. And of course, we'll be discussing the actors who have brought these iconic roles to life. And my guest this week is Jim Cameron from the Crinoid Podcast. Welcome to the show Jim. Thanks very much for having me Phil. It's uh, lovely to be here. Oh wonderful to have you. I've been longing to have you on here for a, for a, for a very very long time now so I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here mate. So, well I've been, here. I've
1: been listening to you for a great many years so it's, uh, it's nice to be on.
0: Excellent. Well, so I've been listening to your podcast for a long time as well, so... Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are fairly long in the tooth in
1: podcasters, at least UK podcasts. UK right?
0: podcasts, exactly, exactly. So, um, But anyway, we are here to, to talk about um, A Companion of Your Choice, but before we um, start talking about um, that particular subject... Um, Really, I just want to talk about your podcast. How long have you been podcasting, Jim? Can you can you remember? <laughs> well, I couldn't
1: remember until I looked today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I checked especially for you, Phil. How about that? Oh, good S- man. Six and a half years. Wow. Yeah. me. I thought it was about four <laughs> until I looked it up. Because <laughs> I know I can't, you know, I'm not particularly good with dates anyway, but, you know, it doesn't seem like six and a half years. But No, when no. I, when I think of all the uh, hours I must have spent in it, all the wasted time,
0: wasted years. Oh dear!
1: <laughs> we need a clip of Iron Maiden at this point. Don't we?
0: <laughs> so, what what sort of prompted you to start podcasting? Were you listening to other other Doctor Who podcasts, or 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 just any other podcast in general? Well, I uh,
1: Martin, my colleague in the on the creative mm. podcast, uh, we go way back. Again, I was trying to think about how long it was. It must be about twenty five years now. Wow! Uh, yeah, we you know, meet up and talk about. Doctor Who and have done you know, since the day we met actually I think. <laughs> a, a, fr- a mutual friend of ours knew that uh, we both liked Doctor Who and said oh we should meet each other it's like some weird date uh, and then, <laughs> so we've been, t- been talking about Doctor Who at, at terrible length ever since but um, yeah he introduced me to uh, two or three podcasts and I thought oh this is good because I, I don't think I'd listen to any podcasts of any sort up in that point because it's a long quite a long time ago Mm. And I thought, oh, this is good, good fun. And then uh, uh, Martin and I both used to share a flat in London, and uh, we actually went on the quest of of watching everything in order, all the doctors in order. And uh, we got we got into early Davison before we went our separate ways. Uh, but and, and of course, I'm down near Bath now, uh, just over the border in, into Wiltshire, and Martin's still still in London. So this was a kind of a nice way to kind of keep in touch and keep talking about Doctor Who and, and kind of to try and replicate what we used to do in those evenings when he, he, we used to sit down with a couple of beers and, and and watch Doctor Who and, you know, cheer at bits and it, take, the mick <laughs> it, take the mick out of other the bits. <laughs> and, um, you know, we used to make ourselves laugh. And we thought, well, you know, there's, a, there's an outside chance we might make someone else laugh or, you know, we might say something worth hearing. So I uh, mean, we, we I kind of looked into the technology of doing podcasts. And of it's absurdly easy, really. Anyone listening who, who fancies doing it, it, it isn't really difficult.
0: It's not, is it? It um, really isn't. No, I mean, if I can do it, blimey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just I was going to say, say, not about you, about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we just we just gave it a go. We did a kind of test one, and uh, that was bearable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then we, you know, six and a half years ago, we released our first one, which is just a kind of a chat. And actually, it, it kind of went into the difference between uh, New Who and Classic Who, and then we went into Deadly Assassin, which is the first story we covered. Mm. And that's basically what we do. We, it's a monthly podcast, and if you see the length of the episodes, you'll be glad it's only monthly <laughs> because we. <laughs> Because I was going to say because
0: they are whoppers, aren't they? They are, yes, they are extremely long. Uh, what, what, so I'll say, what sort of um, led you down the path of doing it the way you do? Because if anyone hasn't, hasn't listened, you you really sort of go through each episode, plot wise, don't you? You sort of you mm. go through each scene as as it as it goes, and then you sort of dissect the acting and the the sets and the director direction and uh, and everything like that. So what sort of was, was that a conscious decision or was that just ha- like a happy accident?
1: Well, I mean, our, our listeners will tell you whether it's happy or not, but it was an accident. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, that uh, just, just kind of happened as we as we did, the, as I say, the Deadly Assassin was the first one we chose and it just mm. kind of happened. That actually wasn't strictly scene by scene, but it kind of, you know, pretty much was. And then the next one, we really, you know, did it that way. But it's, I suppose it's a throwback to the kind of, you know, we used to sit in a room watching them together and make comments on them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're unwieldy in size, but <laughs> hopefully with the you know current technology, you don't have to listen to them all in one go. You can dip in and out. And, you know, listen to something else, then come back to us.
0: Wait, oh yeah, I mean, I mean they, they sort of do me for my car journeys during the week. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's 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 great. So. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, we're glad
0: to send you on your merry way to work. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm on my way home as well. So, well, I
1: bet you're glad to get to work and home by the time you listen to us for that. Well, cool.
0: the trouble is that I do find myself sitting in the, in the car when I've got home or, or I've got to work, um, wait waiting for you to finish our sets in a particular episode before I go in. So <laughs> people must think I'm, I'm, I'm weird or so just sitting around just staring at the steering wheel. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they probably think you're dreading going home. <laughs> I mean, find your dinner in the bin. after you been oh,
0: sat, sat there for an hour and a half? If only they knew I was listening to your podcast instead. So <laughs> yeah, they think you were even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know you, you you were doing sort of weekly podcasts whilst um, was it series eight not, eight wasn't it? Yeah, well, five and eight. Yeah, we, we did yeah. Uh, Matt Smith's first one
1: and uh, Peter Capaldi's first one.
0: Yeah. Um, is there any reason why you haven't sort of covered it on a weekly basis when it has been on? Because you sort of start didn't you start with series nine and then yeah, sort of drop out of it? We did somewhat.
1: And and, and we, we failed terribly to, to do any more than well it was four episodes. <laughs> it was two two podcasts because we did it you know, the there were two two parties so we said one for each story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean broadly speaking, I'm slightly more into New Who than Martin is, and we are both a little short on time. Um, and we just... I think we probably enjoy talking about the classic stuff more, and although um, I did a little bit, once that Once we finished that series nine, I did a, some spots on the, the uh, Proctor Who podcast. So yes,
0: yes, great podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, it is great, great fun, and I, I was very pleased they let, let me on there to a spout off for five, ten minutes about the latest episode. Um, I think... I feel so engaged when it's on that I, I want to, you know, gob off about it somewhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if, I, if I couldn't do it in, in my own, on my own patch, I'd have to do it on someone else's. Someone else's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're much less time consuming those sort of things. than, you know, then, uh, yeah, having to get together and, you know, get a time together and, you know, record and mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know, well, it's a long
0: time since, until new,
1: any more new Who happens, so we'll have to see what happens then. But,
0: uh, well, exactly. We've got to watch his class, really, this year, isn't it?
1: Yeah, which I'm intrigued about. I'm more intrigued about that since we've heard a little bit more about it, really. And yeah, since yeah. the disappointment of it, of the announcement not being about missing adventures, missing episodes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> do
0: you think there'll, there'll be any more missing adventures turn up, or do you think that, that really is it now?
1: I'm sure there's something... Um, I don't know anything about it other than what I've heard from slightly more informed podcasting sources. But um, it seems to me that uh, Phil Morris has, has got some stuff, but there's
0: mm.
1: you know a stumbling block somewhere. Whether it's you know his terms or whether the stuff's not considered quite good enough for release. But to be honest, you know if you could vaguely make out what's happening in Power of the Daleks, then people will buy it. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think, I think, really, I mean, I certainly will. i will just take anything that that, that comes out mm. now, to be honest. You know, just, to, just to have it in the DVD collection more than anything else. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's just a real shame. Um, and it's a real shame. The last two releases really just got a, a vanilla release. There were no extras or you know mm. documentaries or commentaries with them. It's, um, I, I find that was a bit of a, a bit of a shame considering that that were, those were the last two. That were going to be released as as we know, right now. To be honest, it's a shame.
1: Yeah, it is odd, isn't it? You think you'd if you, you know if we are going out, you'd hope we'd go out with a bang, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. If exactly. Going to be the final BBC releases, then you'd, you'd think there'd be up to you know the same amount of care would be taken with you know added content as has been with the rest of the range, which has been fantastic, isn't it?
0: It's been brilliant. I mean, it's the first thing I dive into when I when I bought a DVD. I mm. go straight to the extras first before actually watching um, the the story itself. I, I find it's fascinating. Well, the um, thing is, we know <clears> the,
1: we know the stories generally speaking. We know the stories really well. Obviously, we <laughs> with the last two, but um, yeah, generally speaking, we know the stories so well that um, yeah, it's nice to have them and, and we will go back and watch them. But the new material, in a way, is is the added value stuff, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, certainly, certainly. It's um, it's weird though, because when I uh, sort of buy the new Who stuff, I don't delve into the extras on there. Mm. I just don't. I just don't. I just. I don't know what I can't engage with it as much as I do with with the classic serials. So I'm the I, same. I
1: yeah, I'm the same. I, could, I never particularly got um, into the confidential stuff. Um, I, I think it's more interesting that it's it's a, the period quality of it. I think it's the fact that you're watching how. TV was made a long time ago. And I think it's yeah, more yeah. interesting than the slightly more professional and clinical approach that they have now, because they have to, and because things have moved on.
0: Yeah, it's a much it.
1: It's a much slicker organisation. Whereas, you know, when you're you know, <clears throat> uh, putting some sticky back plastic on a toilet roll and pretending patient, it's a spaceship, then it's a lot more
0: interesting, isn't it? It is. I, I love that seat of your pants television mm. making really yeah. and it really was in certain you know in, in some cases I mean if you even look at something like um that's what you could say in the classic seri- series fairly modern which is Warriors of the Deep um <laughs> I mean everything about that was just so wrong because they just didn't have enough time you know because of Maggie and her snap election they didn't have enough stu- uh, studio time so
1: Oh yeah that was the reason wasn't
0: it yeah exactly so another so- thing
1: to blame Thatcher
0: for <laughs> She ruined Warriors of the Deep. She ruined Warriors of the Deep. <laughs> I, I I think they probably did a good enough job with that on their own actually, to be honest <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. with phone foam, foam rubber doors and the uh, um Samurai Sea Devils. Samurai Sea Devils and Dobbin uh, Dobbin out of rent the ghost. So.
1: <laughs> Painted green seconds before the cameras were rolling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear. That's that's kind of a, a cursed story for a, for a uh Hoosie podcast the date? Oh
1: yeah, I remember you saying. Yeah.
0: yeah, we did. We did a commentary for it. Um, uh, I think it was our second ever comment, our second ever episode, um, and the recording crashed just as we finished doing it. Oh no. and, we, and we and we ended up doing the lodger instead. Um, we was all of us were gutted um, afterwards because <laughs> it was it was weren't a bad recording, and we I think we left it for about two years before we decided to tackle it again. It, it was like a. It was like a bad omen for us to touch that
1: bloody story. So. Well, bad omen for the BBC you know? and <laughs> a bad omen for the Who's He
0: podcast. It's cursed, <laughs> I tell you. It is cursed. It is cursed. Yeah. Oh dear! So, would you? I mean, no you you concentrate on the classic series mm. uh, on your own podcast at the moment. Is there any plans to sort of delve into um, the new series, the series you have, sort of the series you haven't covered yet? for argument's sake.
1: Well, we do occasionally. Do, occasionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Um, sometimes... Um, well, we did um, something from each of the first three doctors um, of the new series in the 50th anniversary year. Mm. Which, uh, just so. Good. And we, we also did... We did um, Fires of Pompeii, so we managed to squeeze Capaldi in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was done deliberately because of the 50th year. And occasionally we, we think, you know... If we've got a big story come up, because a lot of the classic ones are obviously quite big, yeah. Sometimes we'll we'll squeeze a new a new who one in the months before or something, so we can spread the the work because it is uh, quite a lot of work taking all these notes on these stories. <laughs> yes, I bet it is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's um, because there are a limited number of two-parters for, uh, or three-parters in the, the classic series. So occasionally, uh, you know, we we can't use all those up at once because this this is a long project. I think it's. I don't know, it's probably another six years before we'll finish if we do everything. So uh, we need to uh, use our two-parters sparingly if we're putting up against a seven-parter or... Yeah, heaven I, I,
0: forbid I, the war games. Well, I was about to say, when you, when you, well, how are you going to tackle the war games? Have you got a, a battle plane for that one? We,
1: we have, yeah. Martin is the uh, the head of strategic operations at the Granite podcast, <laughs> and uh, he, he tends to work out what we're going to do. And you know, it's a kind of fairly even mix from doctors and and seasons, and hmm. to try and keep the mix fairly regular th- throughout and to, <laughs> a kind of mixture of, of good and crap. <laughs> 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 So we don't lose all the listeners. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to the. We're planning to do War Games as our 100th episode. We just. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we just released 81, which is uh, the Sensorites, which is long enough. But uh, um, yeah, uh, that's that's the plan. The 100th episode will be the War Games. Uh, I think we might have to uh, cut it into uh, two bits. Release yes. release at the same time, maybe, but two bits just to make it easier for people to, to cope with. In practical
0: terms, yeah. Yeah, that, again, that is going to be a a mammoth recording session, that one. That really is. I mean, I, I hope you've got the stamina. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, well, I'll be packing a lunch for that one, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. So we are here predominantly to talk about your favourite companion, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So would you like to tell the waiting world... What your choice is? Well, it is the 17th Space Savage Leela. Leela, okay. Played by the ever-lovely Louise Jameson. Indeed, indeed. Now, why, well, I say, apart from the very short animal skin dress that she wears, why did you pick (laughs) Leela?
1: Well, I should point out, I was only eight when she hit our screen, so uh, <laughs> much as I admired her uh, physical form, it didn't, uh, I wasn't one of the dads at that point. Which,
0: uh, no, no I, was, I was of a similar age, actually. Which, uh, costumes yeah. Only,
1: yeah, we're a similar, similar vintage, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we are indeed. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so she, yeah, she turned up um, first in uh, January 1977 in the face of evil. Um, mm. I'm kind of too young to remember Joe Grant, Um for instance, I, I couldn't even remember what she looked like until things like the Sea Devil's Target book came out which she was actually on the front. You know, mm. I was aware that there was a companion, but I couldn't re- remember anything about her. She had quite an unfair disadvantage in our family, actually, because <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this, but, but our, fam, <laughs> our family name for a, a number two, if you like, was a, a, gr- <laughs> right. a, a Grunty. So uh, <laughs> uh, we used to run around the house shouting, Joe Grunty. Uh, when, uh, when you're five, these things are important and very funny. Um, yes. So yeah. so when you're forty-five as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, poo jokes never lose their appeal, do they?
0: Let's be honest. Never and fart gags never, <laughs> <laughs> never lose their appeal. <laughs> it's just
1: it's just how we're made. We're, we're human. It
0: is. It's hardwired. some to say. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have a vague mi- apart from this, uh, our stupid nickname, I, I couldn't really remember much about it, but... Um, and the other thing was, um, of course, Sarah, Sarah J. Smith mm. was the next one, and uh, my dad was always complaining about her. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, it kind of put me off. You know, in the old days, when you're young, you know, what your parents say, everything they say is right, and when you're, yeah. te- when you're teenage, everything they say is wrong... Mm, uh, and then when, yeah. you get, when you get a bit older, you realise it's probably somewhere in the middle. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's complained about Sarah. For some reason, he didn't like journalists. I know he just, my dad had quite a lot of uh, um, pet hates, and journalists was one of them, of course Sarah was one. And he didn't mm. like the way uh, she used to shout, Doctor! All the time. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was ever, forever shouting that you know, to take the mick out of him. So... Uh, <laughs> you can see where I get my weird sense of humor from, anyway. Um, so yeah, it was kind of yeah, I, mean, I kind of secretly liked Sarah. <laughs> but, mm, yes, because my well, the whole family. It was one of those things. I don't, I'm not sure my mum was involved, but I think pretty much the whole family. I've got a, an older brother who you may have heard on our podcast. From yes, I've indeed. Yes, and uh, I've got uh, two sisters, and uh, and I, all of us, and, and my dad used to to watch. Um, so I can't remember where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> I think you it leading, leading up to Sarah leaving, I think, and uh, Lee, you know, and uh, Leela joining because obviously, I mean, do you remember Sarah Jane leaving?
1: Yeah, well, I, I remember most of Sarah Jane because I've got vague memories of the Time Warrior and uh, you know, obviously where she came in and mm. you know, sort of vague memories of that, that, that series, um, and very good memories, really, of everything from, from Tom Baker, so um, uh. But but when it came to Leela, of course, you know Leela was the uh, first companion I can rem- remember very clearly from start to finish. Yeah. And my dad didn't seem to have a problem with, with Leela. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Why that, but he's probably at the back under his breath saying, I say, <laughs> when, when she was on so, uh, <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My dad was Leslie Phillips. Phillips, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scoop for the Who's He podcast. I've never told anyone that before. Oh, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in some ways, Lila was not exactly my first companion, but she was the first, I remember, from start to finish. And she was the first that was uh, parentally sanctioned. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and I can remember, like, drawing. Uh, I used to do Doctor comic strips and... Mm. Uh, I, pr- I I think I started with Lila. I don't remember ever attempting to draw Sarah. So, uh, yeah, Lila was uh, I, that was kind of the the height of my fandom, really. And it was you know it was the tail end of the golden years, really. As I'm, it was yeah. You're right. As far as I'm con- yeah. concerned, yeah. I mean, as I say, we we're we we're of a certain age, and you know, we were I think lucky enough to grow up in those first three Tom Baker series at about the right age you know
0: i th- i think uh, I, I agree i totally agree mm. there i mean it it really was i mean the, you know the the philip hinchcliffe era of doctor who i mm. i seriously don't think it can be surpassed really
1: yeah i think that i think the last two series the capaldi series I, I can't remember enjoying and looking forward so much to to doctor doctor who since you know since the hinchcliffe era as I, mm. as I have done with the, with the two Capelli series. So, you know, I'm in a pretty happy place at the moment. So, um, But, yeah, it's nothing in between, certainly, is past must. And, yeah, you know, to be honest, it probably has more of a, a hold on me, the, uh, the, the you know, that Hinchcliffe era, even, than the modern stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's sort of because predominantly of more extent. of... Well, yeah, precisely. Um, I was just sort of thinking, I think, that... The, the majority of um, Leela's stories were really under Graham Williams, weren't they? Well, yeah, because, what is it, three, three I think stories? It's, yeah, it's it's... Three, yeah, three stories under Philip Hinchcliffe yeah. in season 14 and the remainder of all of season 15 was Graham Williams. Mm. So, um, I mean, they didn't sort of... They, they kept with um, the whole character arc for Leela, sort of taken from the, 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 what they call the Eliza Doolittle yeah. Of Doctor Who, isn't she? Uh, and they really did sort of do that sort of ed- sort of her education, for, for want of a better expression.
1: Yeah, they. Can,
0: they're, they're that quite that, that quite sounds wild, a bit. Per, that sounds a bit pervy, actually. I wish I could rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she must be disciplined.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, some writers are better than others. I mean, the the, the two best <clears throat> writers, I think, for for Lila were, were Chris Boucher and Robert Holmes. Yes. Yeah. They, really, and I think probably. Yeah, I, th- I think the kind of Eliza you know, do little Pygmalion thing tailed up a little bit um, as time went on, didn't it? As I mean, she was never written as a standard companion, because, yeah, how could you? Because she was so different. I mean, she's human, but she's both from the future and is a kind of Stone Age savage. Yes, which it's is, quite unique, was not it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible uh, <laughs> sort of recipe for a companion. But, um, yeah, I mean, she... I mean, even in the last story, Invasion of Time. I mean, she she was still wishing she had some uh, Janus thorns, wasn't she? Yeah, exactly. And she still, yeah. you know, she chucked a knife and killed a Sontaran. You know, um, so not much change in that sense. For a minute, but, I mean, it, but um, you know, it, it was fun seeing the the sort of in quotes civilization that the Doctor was trying to trying to put her through.
0: Yeah, indeed. It was another
1: aspect for the character, and of course, through. Through that education, we get that excellent scene at the beginning of uh, *Robots of Death* when he's trying to describe how the Tardis can be bigger
0: uh, on the inside than on the outside. I just thought, that. That's silly. I just <laughs> yeah. I we, love that. That's what the
1: audience are all thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's funny that you, she can be such a you know a, a, a kind of touchstone for the audience when she's so different in her background from the audience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, was, I mean, do you think a lot of this is to do with um, Louise Jameson, really, yeah. as 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 much as the writing as yeah. well?
1: Well, she was. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's she's certainly up there with the very best actors or actresses, however you want to describe it, who've who've played companions. Yeah, I mean, she is. Uh, I mean, I used to think this was. I had a feeling this was her her first TV job. It wasn't. I mean, she'd done a ton of stage work, but uh, she was in Emmerdale for a while. Or Emmerdale she Farm, She really been. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she'd been, when I mean, she joined Doctor Who in the beginning of 77, she'd been working, she'd had TV jobs since 71. Mm. And uh, one of, you know, the longest running one before Doctor Who, I think, was uh, Emmerdale Farm. And she played the first character to, to, ever to die in Emmerdale Farm.
0: Oh, I don't. I do It's a good thing or a bad thing. Shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, most people do anything to get out of <laughs> What is it?
1: <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, she had uh, kind of some kind of TV series background. But I mean, I know Doctor Who was. She was hoping would be a big TV break. And, yeah, and it certainly was. I think because um, she went on to, you know. Uh, out of the Doctor Who fandom circle, she went on to greater things. She?
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I just think Tenko, sort of Tenko exactly. That's what I remember from after Doctor Who because mm. I, I never watched Bergerac, so I remember I remember oh, Tenko though. But yeah. uh, i was just looking at the the sort of the I know Wikipedia can't be trusted 100 for, <laughs> for, for for everything to be fact um, fact checked. Um, but looking at the casting uh, for Leela, um, apparently, an actress called Emily Richards was Philip Hinchcliffe's first choice.
1: Okay.
0: Uh but she proved unavailable. But there's a whole list of other actresses and there's a few names in there that might be um familiar to you. Um so one is Sally Gieson.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> she was in um uh, Bless This House, wasn't she? She yeah. was Sid James' daughter in that. Can you Pamela imagine... I was say, Pamela Salem I was say, you were gonna say right? Pamela Salem, yeah, she yeah. was um uh, that Carol Leader. She oh. used to do play school. play school. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Susan Waldridge. And she was in the Jewel in the Crown. Right, yeah. I don't later know. on. And then she played the, I feel it was Art Malik's love interest in that. I can't remember what her character's name oh, was. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Carol Drinkwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All creatures drink small. And small, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry,
1: so, I'm not laughing at her acting ability because she's very good, but I just, yeah, you know, I can't yeah, see Yeah, I know. It just I sort of, can't see any I can't of those see her as Leela. World.
0: Yeah. Having a Salem, I can, actually.
1: Yeah, but the thing about Leela is that you, Leela is... Um, I mean, I don't know what the comparative ages are. I think, actually, uh, uh, Pamela, uh, well, she appears in the very next story, doesn't she, after Leela's... She in, does, in, in yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And um, I think they're of comparable ages, but there's something about her that seems kind of older and sophisticated, isn't there? There is. Which there I is. can't quite see as Leela, because Leela is, is young, isn't she? And uh, one, I mean, there's several things that uh, Louise. Uh, brought to the way she played Lila, um, uh, because you know she's from the kind of classical background and Stanislavski method of preparing characters and stuff like that. So she mm. she's really really thoughtful about the way she did it. And one of the things is she she based Lila partly on a, a little girl, three year old three year old mm. girl I think who lived above her and was very sort of forthright and bolshy bolshy but obviously childlike because <laughs> of her age. Uh, and the other thing was her own pet dog. For the kind of feral, instinctive side of of Lila's character,
0: mm. yeah, I, I think that I mean. So, despite the fact she's a savage, there's a an this innocence about her character as well, isn't there? There is, yeah. It yeah. certainly is, I and mean, it's sort of like the sort of like seeing the when she leaves um, with the doctor in the face of evil, and she sort of encounters sort of her first sort of. I, to her, I suppose, would be robots and alien species and whatever, mm. or other humans from the future. Um, it's sort of like, sort of, a wide-eyed wonderment about a lot of it mm. as well, which, which I, I, I loved about her character.
1: Yeah, and it's great because she has that without being overcome by everything.
0: Yes, she adapts very quickly to, to,
1: to all of her, her situations. But I mean, the way Louise Louis James played her was, you know, she put a lot of thought into it. I mean, one of the things that. Um, it's very obvious that she doesn't use any verbal contractions. So everything's I do not try rather than I don't. And yes. And I cannot rather than I, I can't. Which is actually, can actually be quite a, a childish thing as well. My five-year-old daughter does that at the moment. Uh, you know, she's speaking fluently now and she's started to do that. I don't know why. I mean, it, it's probably partly because I tried my best to raise her as a 17 warrior. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that probably makes sense. But, Just hide so, the Janus thorns say. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, okay. get one of those when I least expect it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there is that kind of, but it's kind of, it's kind of childlike. It's also timeless, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you know, if you're not, if you don't immediately feels modern, whereas I do not doesn't. Um, so it kind of takes her out of time, which she kind of is. She's a, a mixture, as we've said, isn't she? Of you know a future savage. Uh, you know, which is quite a difficult thing to get your head around. It uh, is. But yeah. other things she did, I mean, for instance, I think it's Invisible Enemy. She has, the doctor's teaching her to write her name, and she writes it on a blackboard in the TARDIS. Uh, yeah. Louise Jameson uses her wrong hand. I think she's right-handed. I think she uses her left hand to make it seem like a less natural act for Leela ah. to, to do. And, and so it comes out looking more childish and as if she's not used to writing. Um, which is a very, very clever thing to do. It uh, is, and the other it thing, is, is, yeah. The other thing you notice, um, if ever she comes across a seat, Leela, she sits mm. in it cross-legged because she comes from, you know, a culture where there aren't any chairs. Yes, indeed, yeah. So, um, for instance, robots of death, she's delighted when she sees these big sofas, and you know that room they get. That she, mm. and the, she, and the doctor get kind of locked into. If you see a glee at bouncing up and down on the sofa. <laughs> and there's a bit when I have
0: to re-watch that one again. Actually, so, yeah, yeah.
1: To, it's always worth the rewatch. Isn't
0: it? Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely.
1: But there's another bit in the uh, Face of Evil when you know they have that kind of um, sort of exit interview with Zoanne at the end, don't they? When when everything's calmed down, and <laughs> yeah. Zoanne spirits up this you know, elaborate sofa, um, and the Doctor sits down, and Leela goes over and sits on it cross-legged. Uh, it's,
0: do you know? I've never noticed just, that before. Actually, no, It's just that. a
1: lovely, a lovely touch. Uh, she, yeah, she's a very kind of thoughtful actress, I think.
0: She it, is. It really, she really is. Helps, yeah. Do you think that the the fact that Tom Baker didn't initially get on with her to begin with? Do you think that that kind of helped the character a bit more?
1: I think it probably helped the um, on screen. I won't say chemistry, obviously, because chemistry implies a positive thing, doesn't
0: it? It does, but, yeah, know, if you're on yeah. The
1: on-screen spark, if you like, uh, yeah. Because I mean, the doctor obviously likes her. Otherwise, you would have kicked her off at the next stop. I mean, she does get—he doesn't invite her on, but he doesn't kick her off. <laughs> you know, no, kick her out of the sandminer and take off. To see. So you know, and you get the feeling there's been some time, don't you, between. Uh, Face of Evil and, and Robots of Death, thing because yeah, you know she's he's obviously been teaching her some stuff and he's got to play with the yo yo. though she thinks it's part of the mechanics of time travel. Time travel until he tells her. But um, I mean, there are mom- I mean, there are moments with all companions where they have a little bicker. Yeah, um, but and some of it you can see that Tom Baker actually means it rather than he's kind of Tom rather than the Doctor
0: saying some stuff. <laughs> um, but she pretty much gives as good as she gets. Uh, I, think, I think that was... The, 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 I think Wasn't that what made Tom Baker come round in the end, that she wouldn't take it off of him? Yeah, Horror she, Fang she,
1: Rock, I think. There's a particular scene in Horror Fang Rock where um, uh, I think Tom kept trying to upstage her. I think yeah. he, he kept entering a scene early or something like that. And um, she just said, you know, cut, no, yeah, that that doesn't work. And he did mm-hmm. again, and she said, "No, no, that's not going to happen." And that it kept happening until eventually, because that's uh, Paddy Russell, isn't it?
0: It was, they, yes.
1: They, you know, they came to agreement with you know, Tom just stay out of it until, you know until the right moment. And um, I think Tom had a kind of a, perhaps a greater respect for her after that. Yeah, and um, yeah. you can see because it's a slightly out of production order, but you can see after that, um, the relationship is is kind of more friendly, really
0: yeah yeah I, I i see what you mean there actually I, mean, I, I love horror of Frank rock anyway i mm. think it's a it's a great great story, and I love a good Leela story yes as well actually um because it really is just that her and the doctor Holding the whole, you know, the whole story together, because all the other characters are slowly getting bumped off one by one, aren't they? So and most of them um, are horrible
1: as well, aren't they? Or, or, yeah, good, so there's no,
0: yeah, there's no redeeming qualities apart from maybe the, you know the ship's captain and the and the the lighthouse crew. Yeah, the actual crew of the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, yeah the rest of them are despicable characters, aren't they? So. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I mean, looking at sort of season fifteen, you have got the horror of Fang Rock, which is a a, a classic. Um. And I suppose you've got the invasion of time. I suppose, and you could say it's a classic made for the wrong reasons. I'm not. I'm not sure, really. Um, well, I watched it again the other day.
1: Uh, for yeah. This, for this, really, just you know, I wanted to, to see how she went again, just to remind myself. And um, it's much better, than I remember. But mm. you know, it suffers from last one of the of the season in you know in terrible in, inflation wrecked. Britain, you know, where, where everything looks terribly, terribly cheap. Yes. Down to the sort of municipal, you know, derelict asylum or whatever it is, they were running around, which was supposed to be yeah. the two of
0: the TARDIS. Exactly, um, yeah.
1: But, you know, again, it's still, Louise is still great in it. And oh, a- she is, actually, yeah. And Tom Baker's great in it as well. And there's a very, yeah, it's... a very interesting thing about the end of that, because after she leaves... Um, and he, you know, like he even did with a Romano, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't actually leave. He just goes, oh, OK, and that sort of thing doesn't even... When yes, anyone right. leaves too. yeah. All, <laughs> uh, like, perhaps with the exception of Sarah, maybe, but...
0: Yeah, that was a bit uh, a, a bit more, um, how, can, how can I put it... Um, There's a bit more... Po- poetic, wasn't it, there yes. they're in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they um, would kind of wrote
1: that scene together, and, uh, they, it was yeah, Elizabeth Slayton and, and Tom. But at the end of Invasion of Time, you know, it's yeah, that because they were hoping she was going to stay on, they, and she she had uh, Portia, you know, she had the chance to play Portia at the Bristol Old Vic, and Shakespeare's always been her first love. So, you know, she wasn't going to stay. But uh, Graham Williams was hoping she was not until the last minute, so they gave her a hurried right out where uh, she um, you know she leaves. She it shows, doesn't and, it? <laughs> and it? Yeah, I mean they do try the two actresses, Chris Trenchell, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's and, right. And, yeah, yeah, Louise and Chris. Tarantula, work quite hard to make as much as they can of the scenes there are together. But there aren't that many of them, and it certainly doesn't
0: seem a pretext for, for staying staying, no, it's, staying put. It, it really has come out of nowhere, doesn't it, it really? It, it does, it, yeah, which, yeah,
1: which is a shame. But the, the interesting thing about the Doctor's reaction is that he does that kind of fairly, you know, he seems to accept it quite easily. And he goes outside, yeah. shuts the door, and just sort of bangs his head against it. Kind of slump, yeah. slumps against it, which I was really surprised. because I didn't remember that at all. And you know, obviously, appears to have hit him harder than than we thought. But yeah. Then, but then he makes a new canine and, and uh, laughs at the camera. Laughs at the camera, exactly. <laughs> <It's kind laughs> it ruins that it, a
0: little bit. It does, really, doesn't it? It's a, it ruins the pathos somewhat. <laughs> so somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but say, so, but there's a couple of um clunkers. In that season, and um, I mean, one of them is Underworld, mm. uh, which I've, do you know, I, I have no recollection of watching when I was a kid. Mm. And when I got it on DVD, it's uh, to my mind, it's practically the first time I watched it. And I've only watched it the once um, because I just couldn't engage with that whole sort everything was CSO. CSO the, Hell. The yeah, it was, it really was. Um, and do you know, I cannot remember much about the Doctor in Leela in that particular story, just, I just didn't engage with it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I watched it last year and I still can't remember anything about it. <laughs> I mean, I, know, I remember Leela gets hit by that sort of passivire raid, isn't she? And, and, mm. and, and you know, she was about to you know, slit somebody's gizzard or something and then she was, something like she was that, yeah. smiling beatifically after us. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean, they kind of incite in, in some sort of rebellion, don't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't remember any specifics because it's just one of those ones that just doesn't stick in your head, isn't it?
0: I, it, well, it certainly hasn't with me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but is it the previous story, The Sunmakers? It is, well, I which it is. I I think is underrated. I
1: I do as well, and it's actually Louise Jameson's favourite story. Mm. Uh, and Leela, you know, I think partly because of the, it's quite a clever script, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. one of one of sort of one of Robert Holmes' best scripts, I think. It actually. is. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah.
1: it's funny without being silly, which is you know, what it kind of after that season it kind of descended into silliness really, didn't it? Rather than, yeah, yeah, rather, that's than, it. rather than wit, if you like. Um, but I mean, because Leela gets tons to do in that and... Oh uh, God, yeah. All that stuff, you know, when the Doctor's been kidnapped after his un- unfortunate ATM incident. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she, you know, she's uh, kind of in danger from that uh, that lot, you know, the bunch of rebels who live underground. Yeah. And she's forever you know, threatening to scalp them and... <laughs> <laughs> Disembowel them and all this kind of stuff. And uh, she's really good in that. She's so, oh, she's brilliant. Yeah, she's brilliant.
0: But weird, even, even, even when she's man in the gun of that slow moving vehicle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the slightly slower than walking pace vehicle.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, oh dear. Yeah. You know, do I don't know why the BBC. I don't know why the BBC production team persevered with slow-moving <sighs> electric vehicles. I really don't know why they, they did. They kept
1: doing it, didn't they? Well, even till the Paradise Towers, it was still that. Yes, moment. it, it was still that. <laughs> those things that you know. Oh, you, <clears throat> you know, if you're on a Zimmer frame, you'd be overtaking fairly quickly.
0: Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was, <laughs> it was pretty dire that bit, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but, but the other story in that season, which I, I can't. Sort of go without mention, actually. The Invisible Enemy. Right,
1: um, careful what we...
0: you say, because I love this one. Do you love this one? <laughs> no one else does. Well, I do. Men- menaced by a space scampy. I mean, it's... it's...
1: <laughs> uh, hang on, it wasn't breaded.
0: <laughs> it... <laughs> well, actually, if it was the 70s, it was probably a lump of monkfish. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, right.
0: So... <laughs> Tail end of a monkfish. Exactly. Yeah, um, again, it's a... <sighs> It's a strange story, that one. Probably sort of, I don't know whether whether the budget didn't do it justice. I think Louis Jameson and Tom Baker give it their all, oh, yeah. I, I feel, in that one. They really do. They do they really do try and sort of carry the story. Mm. Um, And I, I suppose the idea of sort of being cloned and shrunk down to enter, enter the Doctor's own body is is an interesting idea hmm. um but but when the the sort uh, the virus manifests itself and there's this as i said like a scampi sitting there it's just it sort of loses loses its way somewhat i feel <laughs> yeah
1: scampy on a skateboard isn't it yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. they're trying to move it about um yeah i mean i absolutely love that as a, a boy so you know it's it's kind of cast iron for me i think it's
0: untouchable, no matter
1: what
0: anyone says. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. That's the thing. You do remember it, though. When you, when you yeah, if you watch it once, you always remember that bit. That bit where you see the big, the giant prawn turn up. It's it, it does. It, it's well, I suppose it, it does its job, really, doesn't it? Well, you exactly.
1: What you think? A couple of stories later Van underworld, which no one can remember.
0: No, precisely. So, yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's certainly done a job. It has, it has. But I think another favourite Leela story in there of mine is Image of the Fendal. Oh yeah. I do love that one. Um, I just like the this the, the what's it? I come with the character's name in it. Is is the old sort of um, the old wise woman? That's that they old, go old Ma Tyler, is it? That's old Ma Tyler. That's it. Um, and I just love the sort of like Leela does her utmost to sort of not let anyone sort of belittle her because it's sort of like she's the wise woman of the village and must be respected and. Well, that's and, I, great... I, I, I love that aspect that she still carries, even though Dr. Tron educates, she still carries that mysticism exactly, thing yeah. with her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great. She never seems to lose that completely. I mean, at one point she says, uh, yeah, I believe in science and, and science is, is better. Doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, that's horror fang rock, is it? But at the same time. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, at the same time, she's still saying she's quite interested in that. Uh, I've gotten the character's name, that awful woman. Um Lord Palmerdale's a fancy woman yes um, she, oh, yeah. she was talking about having a palm ring the, or stars discussing. the
0: one that the one that Leela slaps I think yes. is, yeah, yeah that's the one, the one. Everyone, yeah, yeah.
1: everyone in the UK cheered <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Leela has great respect does not she for the fact that she that she's talking about this astrologer yeah and she, yeah. she doesn't think it's ridiculous or anything because you know she's been brought up to think that that kind of stuff is important. So yeah, it's interesting that she keeps that at the same time she's kind of building up the other the other side of her personality.
0: Yeah. Now, if we sort of move on from when after she left, I suppose her next appearance was in Dimensions in Time, <laughs> Um which unfortunately still holds the record as the most watched Doctor Who serial, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of by accident, just because where yeah. it, what, where the, it was the program yeah. it was placed in. Yeah. Yeah. It was it sixteen million or something, isn't it? Something ridiculous yeah, like it's, that, it's, it's yeah, preposterously yeah. huge. Um, I, I don't suppose there's anything we can really say about her performance in that because it was so fleeting, wasn't it?
1: Well, I mean, it's funny, isn't she? I mean She's dressed as Pocahontas, isn't it, for, <laughs> isn't it, for some reason. <laughs> yes. But it, yeah, but it's, yeah. it takes it actually takes you right back to um, Face of Evil because um I mean, she's a bit like Smurfette, isn't she? In the, in the, in the Smurfs, <laughs> so she she's almost in this case the only the only girl in the village <laughs> so in, in face of evil it's like you know it's the clan of the smurfs all covered in because yes, it's the amount of uh, sort of fake tan they've all got
0: but there, <laughs> is, there
1: is you catch about a two second glimpse of the the other female in the village don't you and she's dressed as Pocahontas as well
0: yes yeah, she is yeah um, yeah
1: so yeah maybe it's a, a conscious callback to that
0: it could be it could be. <laughs>
1: But it's, I mean, she's paired up with, uh, I, I don't watch it very often, but she's paired up with the wrong doctor, isn't she? Cause, isn't it, does cause, she get paired up with, who does she get I paired it, up with? I, I think it might be. He's McCoy, is McCoy, McCoy, isn't it? Yeah, because Tom Baker just does that uh, bit about the, the darlings at the beginning, doesn't he? And, and, oh
0: yeah, good luck my dears. My um, dears, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah that's, talk, talking into a microphone, that is just... <laughs> Yeah, oh. Yes. The it's most all Ill, Ill sorts con- of wrong, isn't it? It's the most ill-conceived thing I've ever watched in my <laughs> entire life.
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't do anyone. Any if you think of the massive audience, I suppose anyone ever watched well, Doctor Who we all, in any format.
0: We all watched it, didn't we? Us Who fans, we all watched it. I mean, as you say, yeah, it was, and, and it was in 3D as well. and. You know, it was wasn't it part of Noel's house party? It was shown during that, wasn't it? Yeah. And John Pertwee yeah, came no. on to introduce it, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's
1: f- right. Yeah, because they inserted a Noel's house party into. it. Was it Children in Need? Wasn't it rather than? I think it was. I yeah. mean, it to The in comic relief, really. It was it sh- unintentionally should have been really, yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was yeah, you know, it was a show within a show within a show, wasn't it? Because oh, it was God, uh, very meta. That yeah. un- unholy alliance
0: with the EastEnders. Oh, oh dear! It's bringing back so many bad memories. That is now. <laughs> I don't like to think about it. No, but no yeah, I, mean, I, I don't d- either. I did
1: nobody any favours at all? I mean, hopefully it raised some money, but other than that,
0: well, I mean that was that was our purpose of it, yeah. really, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I suppose you know, on on that front, job done. But mm. as, as far as, far as a, a a cohesive Doctor Who story, <laughs> it pretty wasn't, far it wasn't, off. What I we think. were waiting
1: for. Was it? No, the it the certainly next instalment of Doctor, because Doctor been off the air for ages, isn't it? But
0: oh God, yeah. yeah that was it? that, uh,
1: that wasn't record. the uh, the clarion call <laughs> for a brand new
0: uh, reboot, was it? Oh, it certainly wasn't. If that, if if anything, that was sort of like put anybody off sort of ever commissioning it ever again. I think <laughs> actually.
1: Yeah, the sixteen million odd people who would never have anything to do with Doctor again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, have you? Um, sort of followed... Get back on to Leela again. Mm. Um, have you followed Leela in any of, Did you read The Virgin New Adventures um, and sort of caught up with the stuff she's done for Big Finish as well? I'm, I'm ashamed to say I haven't. Neither uh, have I. I oh, I, I, right.
1: Well, maybe I'm not that ashamed. No,
0: I, I must admit, I never read The Virgin New Adventures because I think I, I got out of Doctor Who at that point because I started drifting away from Doctor Who midway through Colin Baker's tenure. Yeah,
1: me too.
0: And I watched a couple of McCoy's ones. I think the first... The core cool one I watched was the Dar- Dalek one, which I thought okay, this is, this is pretty good. Mm. Um, and then I watched the remain remainder of that series. I thought, no, this is this is pretty awful. Actually, and I, I just stopped watching after that. So, mm. um, but when they mentioned Tonka, I watched that. But I never got into the books. I never got into Big Finish um, when it came along. And so I'm, I'm very late in the day to, to Big Finish because obviously we review them for the for the, for the podcast now. Mm. Um, and I must admit, I. Haven't listened to many to be honest, so um, I've yet, I've yet to speak to anybody who's actually listened to any of the ones that Louise Jameson's in.
1: Well, I've listened to uh, one of the com- uh, companion uh, chronicles, is that what they call them?
0: Yes, they do, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it was one when she was, uh, I think it was a three part story, maybe, where she was um, imprisoned somewhere, yeah. And uh, well, I mean, Louise was, was brilliant in it, and it was you know, it was well written, it you know, as so the problem I've with big finish, which is a wonderful thing, and you know, I, I envy people who absolutely love it because I would like to love it as well. It's just for some reason it doesn't really work for me. I mean, I love the what they do with Blake Seven is absolutely spot on for me. Mm. I just can't quite get into the Doctor Who stuff, but the Companion Chronicles I have enjoyed, and um, um, Leela's ones, which I, you know, which I've got hold of, have been excellent. But I mean, yeah. the, the thing about um, Louise Jameson, she's got an absolutely lovely voice. As well, isn't she? She has, yeah. yeah. And because um, she's a brilliant actress as well, you know that uh, you combine the two, she's great on audio. Yeah. And um, and she's so good at sort of picking up the character again that it's, you know, it's like she never left. So um, what I do dip into Big Finish and what I might do is try and kind of follow her arc through Big Finish because she's well, now doing stories with Tom again, isn't she?
0: She is. Well, I've listened to a couple um, a couple of them. I think it's only been the Rathias of the Asenai and Energy of the Daleks that I've listened to so far. Okay. Um, now, me and Paul, uh, my co-host, we we disagreed on Rathias Asenai because it really was a Leela story. Mm. Um, and I loved it. I, I really loved that story. Um, okay. It was all about sort of about her um, becoming the warrior again and standing up for, for the oppressed Masses uh, against the Roman Empire, mm. so um, it, it it was a great, great story. I um, and Paul didn't care for it, mm. and I thought I, I thought it was really great. And Louise Jameson just held you all the way through the story. I thought I thought she was excellent. Oh, yeah. I really did. So I'd recommend listening to that one. Great, I, I yeah, really I'll, would do.
1: Yeah, I'll take that one down. Definitely.
0: Really would do. But uh, but anyway, I mean, just to sort of sort of wrap things up now. Really, if if you had to pick your Favorite Leela story? What what would it be? Because it's, it's because there's not that many to choose from, really, is there? There's no, less than you think. Yeah,
1: it's not a huge uh, sort of back catalogue. Um, well, when um, you very kindly invite me to be on this, it, it took me less than a second to decide who my favourite companion was, <laughs> and it you know it takes me perhaps even less to decide on her favourite, you know the my favourite story of her in it, because it's my all-time favourite, and that's the Talents
0: of Wing Chiang. Yes, we managed to avoid talking about that all the time we were talking about Lena, <laughs> <Lina, anyways. Yeah. laughs>
1: it's almost as if it was planned.
0: It was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, an outstanding story, mm. it, um, if, if you look past the casual racism and, <laughs> and, and, the, and the cuddly rat, but um, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> Which, funnily enough, have you watched the extras on the DVD for Towns of Wing Chiang?
1: Do you know I've watched *Talents of Wing* ch- trying so much because I got it in the what what were they called the uh, when they re- redid them again? Um, uh, you know, in three in three packs.
0: Oh. Uh, re rejigged. Um, oh yeah, whatever that. Yeah, I can't remember. Not resurrection, yeah. something like that, wasn't it? But Some, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah i got it, and I've had it for years, but I've never watched it because um, it's one of those ones I've watched so much. and I need to leave for a few years before I watch it again, so I haven't even watched the extras on
0: it. Well, there's some archive footage of them building the rat in the workshop. At oh, the BBC. yeah, that was
1: on the. Um, Arr, there's a documentary, wasn't it? Came out at the time. I saw it at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and it looks really good. <laughs> it looks menacing. I mean, the the, the, anima, the sort of animatronic, well, not animatronic, but the puppet the mechanism they put in it, and you can see all the teeth and the eyes, and it looked mm. wow. This looks really good, and then you see them pulling the fur on it. Mm. Oh, you've ruined it. What have you done? It, it, it went. It went from menacing to cuddly in one fell swoop. Well, it's, it's such a shame.
1: It's. I mean, if you remember the old advert, that rat looks like it's just come out of the salon, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> it looks I mean, sort of like so it's been blow dried and had its teeth brushed it and everything. I mean, what they should have done really is made the teeth a bit manky, you know, covered it in slime. It's just come out of the sewers, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and you know that all that would have helped, but you know you, you can't dwell on it anyway. But um, you have to. I think they could have done a little bit more with it than they did. Yes, um, but I mean, yes. that's, you know, there's always <laughs> it tends to be one thing that blights all the absolute class, <laughs> <laughs> like the Magma Beast and Androzani. And
0: oh, exactly. Yeah, there's always, oh. there's, always oh, there's always something, isn't there? It's, it's so, almost like they
1: willfully put something in just to make. <laughs> it's like the uh, isn't it you know the best Persian carpets. There's supposed to be one error, isn't there? Oh, is that they're right? Is to, that? Yeah, they're supposed to purposefully put one error in it. Just to... Uh,
0: make them unique or whatever. Yeah, and I suppose... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know
1: if it's a kind of... yeah, I don't know if it's a religious thing where you, you your man is not allowed to produce perfection. You have to make a mistake because it's otherwise mm. you're pretending to be God or something. Um, and uh, that's clearly was top of mind when they were making Talons of Weng <laughs> 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 So, so a,
0: what, what is it about turns of Weng and, and, and Lila in that story that, that, that makes it your favourite?
1: Well, I think it's a great story for Lila because she... Pushes the narrative along so much because she spends quite a lot of time on her own, doesn't she? She or, does, yeah. Or certainly away from the doctor, she has a lot of time with Professor Lightfoot, doesn't she? And, yeah. And some time on her own, you know, when she's you know dealing with uh, Magnus Grell and uh, and all that kind of stuff, and and she's brilliant in in all those bits, you know, really strong, really um, you know trying to take matters into her own hands and knife. Yes. Um, but the other thing is also it's the it's the ultimate display of the whole Pygmalion, you know, My Fair Lady thing, isn't it, Eliza It is, yeah. This is the ultimate uh, moment for that, uh, particularly with uh, Professor Lightfoot, a little bit with the Doctor as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's a strong part of the character, I think, and it's, ne- it's never been done better in, in any of her stories and for it to be in, such, in a story that has, for me, absolutely everything that's great about Doctor Who. You know, the period setting, the, the massive science fiction thing, and mm. and the, the casual world building from Robert Holmes, you know, with the, the march on Reykjavik and the, the butcher of Brisbane and all these, you know, just single lines that just get, send, send your imagination flying. Well,
0: well it's also got my, my favourite ever description for, for a villain in, in Doctor Who. And it's the way that, uh, tom baker says it is the peaking homunculus <laughs> <laughs> the peaking homunculus <laughs> the cerebral cortex of a peak <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh it's a great line it's a great line it really is it's fantastic
1: well mr sin scared the bejesus at me I mean, oh god it, yeah it was, it was probably the scariest doctor who i'd ever seen and, and, and at the time i thought this is the best one i've ever seen and i've never changed my mind since
0: no, I mean it's up there. Is one of my, I mean, my all-time favourite is Inferno. I just love that, oh, that particular story. It. Yeah, um, but the Talons are encroaching. That that's up there as well. For, you know, for definitely, you know, if if I had to, if I had to pick me, certainly my favourite Tom Baker story. That would, I think, that would be it. Oh, Cool. Really, because yeah. it is just perfect. I think really, yeah, pretty it pretty much really is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it suffers a little bit from you know the time it was made, and you yeah, know there's, there's, yeah, a lot, the, there's a lot it, of. Um,
0: Bit, bit of yellow face going on, isn't there? And yeah, there's actually yeah.
1: accusations of racism there. Not all of them are justified, I don't think. Because um, I mean, no, a, I, I on the subject of yellow face. I mean, this is a pastiche of the of the uh, Fu Manchu, f- f- exactly. Films, all these, yeah, character is so, and that, yeah. was all, that was always played by Christopher Lee, probably because he was a, you know, a star, um, and you know, in this country, you know, regrettably there weren't any sort of Chinese stars. Yeah, well, it, no, to there to wasn't, the public, was there? Really? New, so <laughs> we had Bert Quelk and that was it, really. <laughs> yeah, but he must have been absolutely worked to <laughs> death. Mustn't he? <have> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he was off making films with Peter Sellers. So, well, I mean, exactly. come on, he, he hasn't done too badly out of it, has he? Well, so. well quite, yeah.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah, those things that are, you know are unacceptable to modern eyes, but yes, you have to you have to look at these things in context. I'm not making excuses for it, but um, no, but there are reasons for why it happened. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I saw it so young that I can't, you know, I can't see past my first impressions really on it. I mean, my head says, yeah, that's you know, there's several things that are wrong with it, but my
0: heart, you know, my heart is still eight years old when it comes yeah.
1: to, it comes to watching uh,
0: Towns of Wing Chiang. Well, I think that's the that's the great thing about about Doctor, especially for I think for people of actually it doesn't matter what age group you are really, but I think it, mm. it probably more so for the likes of you and me, who sort of really grew up in the 70s, in the golden years mm. of, of Doctor Who, is when you do watch um, those serials now, you, you do think back to when you were that age, and there's a lot of a sort of association to what, how mm. old you were at the time, what you were doing at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like for me, um, The Deadly Assassin reminds me of being sick of my nan's new carpet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a happy memory.
0: Yeah, it was something to do with. Um, I think I might have just eaten a whole bar of caramel that might have done something to, to do with it. So. I'm sure the two were connected. Well, that's the thing because there, there was. I mean, my, this this dates it. My, my name was cooking. Um, we were round there for Saturday tea, and my name was cooking kippers, <laughs> Tr- traditionally for breakfast. I know, but my 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 my, my name was cooking kippers, and I just eaten this bar of caramel, and I think it was it was the fact I'd eaten that and the son of the kippers coming from the kitchen. Mm. I was watching The Deadly Assassin, um, and I think it was the bit just before um, Runcible the Fatuous got shrunk by <laughs> by the master.
1: That bit when he was menaced by a Kipper?
0: Yes, that's that's the one, yeah. <laughs> uh, that be what did it? Yeah. yeah, and it was that bit, and I, I probably threw up on her new carpet, and um, <laughs> which she actually had laid a week before. It was that new. Oh, God. So I, I, threw, up, I threw up on the carpet. And I will forever associate The Deadly Assassin with that vomit incident.
1: <laughs> mm. okay, well, I don't think Heston has done anything with Karamak and Kippers, has he? <laughs> so, yeah,
0: but, but the thing is... But I also, think he can be blamed for... Well, he said, but since... I've never eaten Karamak since. I've never touched the kipper since, either, <laughs> so... Well, if,
1: I don't know, You'd probably fight quite, hot, quite hard to get hold of a caramac now. I, don't oh, I
0: think you would do, well, actually, yeah. I remember, caramac Easter eggs as well, how sickly that must be, oh God. Yeah, strange,
1: strange creation. I used to like caramac, yeah, but uh, I don't think I do now after you've said that. No, no. <laughs> the old taste of uh, rancid parmesan. Uh, yeah, all exactly. oh,
0: lovely. <laughs> and kippers, of course. <laughs> yeah, with the fishy tang on top. Exactly, yeah. What I sort of made me own kedgery, really, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, carpet oh, carpet Kedgery. Carpet Kedgery. Ca- <laughs> That's it. Vomit is now known as Carpet Kedgery. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on, mate. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Me too. I really have. Um, but before we, we wrap up, and as is customary in these situations, would you like to tell everybody where they can find your wonderful podcast? Do uh, you know I'd love to? Uh, Go on, then. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the uh, Crinoid
1: Podcast. Uh, in case you're unsure of the spelling, it's K-R-Y-N-O-I-D Podcast. And uh, it can be found on iTunes, of course, and also our blog, which is uh, crinoidpodcast.wordpress.com. We're on Stitcher, Player FM, Player FM, and Podbean, and all all good podcatchers, I hope. I (laughs) haven't (laughs) checked recently. You can look us up on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. I am crinoidpodcast, and Martin is uh, crinoid underscore Martin, but don't expect uh, uh, anything to happen from
0: that account. <laughs> uh, I've got. Yes, he's he is a bit quiet, isn't he? He's is a bit quiet.
1: I've got sort of Twitter diarrhea, and Martin's at, at the other end of the spectrum. But uh, you might get uh, a tweet every several years from him.
0: Every, every millennia or something. <laughs> something
1: <like that>. Spe- <laughs> special occasions, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: new monarchs, something like that.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. We're, we're sort of Worshipping a new god or something. Probably Martin, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's exactly, second yes, coming that's so. probably what has got planned yeah. <laughs> well you can find the um, links to um, uh, Martin, uh, sorry, Martin Martin and Jim's podcast um, on the on the uh, uh, show notes to this podcast so um, once again I'd say thanks very much for joining us Jim and I um, hope to have you back on again soon
1: well thanks so much I'd love to come back That was uh, hugely enjoyable and uh, it, as I say I've listened to you for years and it was nice to actually
0: speak to you Jim thank you very much